This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I'm in here with Wolf Tyler. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No, it's very, very exciting to have you on here. You, uh, you've been doing your thing for a minute, and I think it's very important that we find out more about you. Thank you. Yeah. Trying. Let's hear the, the basics, though. Where are you from? And let's talk about your upbringing a little bit. I'm from New York. Which borough are we talking? Not a borough. Well, I... Kind of grew up in, like, Queens, and then I moved to Long Island, okay. so... So you were, like, deep Queens, so you don't want to fully claim the city? Like, around Fresh Meadows, but okay. I feel like I just claim New York as a whole. Right. Like, well, you could I'm be from, like me. I live, in, I live in Queens and Brooklyn for, like, eight years, and I'm just still claiming it. I'm still acting like I'm from as there. As you should. No, 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 no. I never <laughs> really claim it, but I don't, like, you know... It's very, very hard to explain to a lot of people, like, where you fall. When you talk to somebody exactly. who's from, um, oh, what do you call it, right past the Bronx? Shit, I've been going way too long. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, I didn't grow up in Times Square. No, for sure. Neither did I. Almost nobody grows up in Times Square. Yeah. But what was your your upbringing upbringing like out there? Um, Born and raised in New York. Started getting into music. Started off just doing like funny six second little videos on Vine. That's how I started off. At what age? You are so young to be a Vine kid. You must have been minuscule. 16, 17. Oh, okay. Even then though. Okay. Yeah, just making stupid little videos and I'm 23 now. Who inspired you to do the Vine thing? There was so much talent on Vine. Honestly, I don't feel like anyone really inspired me at that moment. It was just something that people were talking about in high school. Okay. So it kind of, the word got around and I was like, you know, let me just, let me check it out because so many people are talking about it. And then I just started uploading videos and people in school were watching it. People outside in other schools were watching it. And then they came out with the repost button and that's Mm. when things just started going up. How'd you get repost though? Were you scheming? Were you talking to like King... King Batch or whatever and no, telling him really, like yo help me out man I really wasn't talking to any of like the other Viners that were I guess larger than me mm. and saying like hey repose me or show me out and post me up on the story it was more just like really organic everything was super authentic and they just loved the content mm. what kind of videos were you making at first though I was making kind of like little jingles making up little lyrics over some instrumentals and then filming my mom a lot Mm. Just always yelling and being a mom. Isn't it great how we're all supposed to just pretend that TikTok is this brilliant new thing and I'm sitting here talking to you about Vine and it's literally the exact same thing? It's literally the exact same thing. Just, I guess, more dancing. More dancing. It could be longer. Right. There's more money behind it. I mean, Vine's problem is that Twitter bought it and had no use for it. Yeah, TikTok is huge right now. Mm, TikTok is its own business model. Yeah, it's really surprising. You're going crazy on there too? Um, I actually just recently got on there. Okay. Um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, and I just, just put in the same type of content. Like people have been asking me, "Hey, can you get on there? Can you get on there?" So I'm like, "All right." So I just been uploading like old vines onto oh, TikTok, really? and they're yeah. doing good. They're doing pretty well. Wow! Can't so complain. I, I have it. I follow. I have it only because I read an article about the hype house. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, this sounds interesting. And so I started looking at it and interesting. Yeah, brands are starting to get on that platform and willing to compensate like artists, influencers and all that stuff. That's what so. I assume when I look at that because I notice that they're using like the same songs over right. and over and over. And I'm like, holy shit, what kind of check did the label cut so that everybody would be dancing to this fucking song? Exactly. And it's a really great way to like promote your music too mm. on that platform. Yeah, see, that makes sense. Especially for like an independent artist like me, just using those platforms and having those things available really helpful you ever feel like you're getting a little too old for tiktok though that's 100 um, percent how i feel <laughs> after vine kind of took an end i felt like i did obviously grow kind of out of it and i think it was really hard for me because as an artist i was like you know i want people to recognize me as an artist respect right. me as an artist so it was very difficult to be like hey you know i'm kind of funny but then at the same time i also do music mm. so a lot of like my fans are like we want you to keep on making that content and i'm just like but listen to this music though and they're like oh listen to the music right but still make this content so it was really difficult for me to do that but i think once i started like releasing you know all tinted and candy and i started really translating everything that I was doing in these vines and these funny videos into my music videos, right. then they just started falling in love with everything. Right. And it kind of all connected. And I was like, great, now I could like feel like I can continue to be myself just in a more artist, creative type of way. Right, because it's, you know, it's so crazy because it's so easy to express yourself on the internet these days. and yeah. it, But it's hard because as a female entertainer, it's like you could present like a sexualized version of yourself you can mm -hmm. present like a which is obviously on instagram you just see that constantly on tiktok or whatever you can present like a really silly goofy viral version of right. yourself some of this doesn't always seem to appear like it is a good thing for your music career like if you're right. putting too many booty shots or if you're being too goofy on tiktok like do you think about that because you kind of blew up off of some of the goofy stuff but it's like the industry doesn't want women to be like real people with like multi-sided personalities it wants you to be one thing yeah, I could feel, I mean, I could definitely see how sometimes the industry and like the entertainment business can really box, you know, in particular women in. But I mean, it's really just, I think, staying true to yourself. It's who you want to be. It's who do you want to present yourself. So if it's like, if you do want to post those booty pics on Instagram and that makes you feel confident within yourself and then okay, you know, like... I feel like people out here are always going to say something. They're not going to like what you do. They're going to say, we hate this music, or you post way too many pictures with nothing on, or you post too many pictures with too much clothes on, because mm -hmm. I've gotten that too. Really? Where people are like, you always dress like a boy. Like, you always look like a little boy. Like, like take it off. And I'm just like... <laughs> little boy. That's right. a weird like way to just say like you're not showing up. Exactly. So I think it's just the image of how you want to represent yourself. You know, do you want to go into the music business looking like a strictly entertainer? Mm. And is that your image that you want to choose? Um, it could be something as simple as always wearing a blonde wig, always wearing, mm. you know, tight clothes. And that's not to say that's who they are mm -hmm. in real life. That just might be what they're what their um their outfit is you know it's so. interesting because these days like i feel like when i was younger it was much more common that in terms of famous people you would never see the non-made-up version of them right nowadays everybody is on social media so much that even the super high instagram model girls you could pretty much see them without makeup on from time to time on their story and stuff because it's right. like impossible to keep up that facade 
yeah. all the time. I think it's definitely, you know, difficult to keep up that facade. But hey, I mean, it's like, who even knows if it's a facade. And the way that I look at it is just like, I'll scroll on the gram and I'll see someone like with no clothes on or something or mm -hmm. with a lot of makeup on. I'm just like, look, like as long as you're getting your money, like go crazy. You're happy. You're mm -hmm. healthy. Great. Definitely. Do you, you know? How do you identify the type of music that you wanted to make, though? And were uh, you making music before the Vine fame? I wrote my first song in 2015, which is Feels, and I released that one. And it's actually a crazy story because I got kind of intimidated after I released it. Really? Because it did so well on SoundCloud. Um, but basically, like, I was doing kind of little jingles on Vine. Mm -hmm. And then I translated it into music. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm always listening to beats. I'm always writing poetry down. I'm always just having these ideas. Let me figure out how to get them out. And then I started to doing music sessions and meeting up with producers and just grinding that way, mm. just trying to figure it out. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like you went, so like a lot of people go in like a straight rap direction, whereas you went more like the pop star side of things wouldn't you yeah, say yeah it's like a little r&b kind of funk right. i'm slowly trying to transition into k-pop too because really? yeah my mom is half korean i mean wow. well my mom is full korean i'm half korean. you think that they'll accept you um i think so who I hope knows so. I, I, there's, there's probably no subculture i'm more blind to like what they're likely to do in any given right. situation i have no idea what what goes yeah. in k-pop i mean like going into k-pop you know i'm going in humble and just mm. Hey, like here's the music. It's available if you want to listen to it. If you hate it, then you hate it. You would know? you Would you join a K-pop group? Um, no, it's over for that. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what 2020 brings. If it was the right Never option, know. it was like the female BTS. Like it was ready to really Yo, BTS take is off. Fire. You do love them. I love them. I was playing poker with this old 50 year old white guy the other day who was like explaining to me what it was like taking his daughters to a BTS concert, and mm -hmm. I mean. He sounded about as confused as I probably would be in that the environment. The army is crazy. Really? Yeah. I do not want to offend them. Because they, I've seen them. Supporters are insane. I've seen like, them go insane on people on so social media. Loyal, like, yeah, they're awesome. That's dope. dope. What, what defines it as K-pop though? It's like specific types of beats that it has to be like that's the main thing that would classify it. Um. Honestly, I'm not 100% too sure because I don't even want to say something <laughs> and then they're going to be like, no, that's not what it means. Right. But I think it's just, you know, a genre of music. It's a movement. It's it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. We're all K-pop for It's just a vibe. It's, a it's vibe. definitely a vibe. Yeah. There it is. How did you get into the position of uh, even writing for people, doing the writing thing? Where did that come from? The writing thing, um... I've been working with like a lot of producers, so sometimes like producers will have me write on a track and then they'll go and shop it around. Um, and that's how they like for an independent artist, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh -huh. Or I'll get into a session with an artist and actually sit down with them and then we'll like collaborate on something creatively. But how do you even like realize that you have like the songwriting skills to sort of be able to handle people's music better than they potentially could? Honestly, I didn't really know that I had songwriting skills until I really started working with other songwriters mm. and seeing like their process and allowing some songwriters to even write on some of the tracks that I have out mm -hmm. um, before Altenid and before Candy. 
And realizing that some of the songwriters that I'm working with, I'm like, wow, this is great, this is dope, but this is not truly a thousand percent my sound that I want to go for. Mm. So then when I started to just write and do things, because I felt like I have a lot of different tones, I have a lot of things that I can talk about, and some of the things that you know I may talk about, I don't want it coming from me, you mm. know. So I'm like, you know what? Let me give it to someone else that talks about that all the time. Right. So. Um, with All Tinted and Candy, I wrote those, but with other things, I just kind of give away. Right. So you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll write your own stuff and perform it yourself, and then you'll write stuff and give it away exactly. to other people. But are you comfortable being in the position of having somebody fully writing a song for you? And like, um, Yeah, I'm open to it. You mm -hmm. know, like collaborating with songwriters is dope. I feel like this industry kind of looks at it as like, if you don't write your own stuff, then you're not as good as an artist as the next person sitting next to you. But isn't that really like mostly it. like a hip-hop thing? Like, do you feel that same effect in the pop space or the R&B space? Because I feel like there's not... I mean, a lot of people in hip-hop have songwriters. Oh, yeah, but, like... but nobody's giving Beyonce shit for having a songwriter, right? I mean... And realistically, is yeah. anybody giving Post Malone shit? Is anyone giving... There's so many artists. It's like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy that people are still living this lie, acting as if they're not getting help here and there. Man, yeah, it just seems kind of deranged that there's such a like anytime you have a situation where the public believes one thing and then mm -hmm. the industry believes something else, then right. you have an issue. And that's exactly what it is, where the public thinks that all these rappers are writing their own stuff. And then mm -hmm. the industry, there's all kinds of stuff. That people I think it's about. also how you have to like present it too. I mean, Hey, like all this information is available. Like mm -hmm. we have the internet user sources. Like I think a lot of people are so quick to like jump on social media and be like, no, like, right. it's like, no, just, just go on the computer, mm -hmm. open up your phone. You guys are on that every single day. Like, look up what you want like information wise and i'm, I'm pretty sure you'll come across it like, right yeah all it the information the you'll there. see that there's like 11 writers on one song and the thing that know, so. the, the thing i think is kind of egotistical is that it's like okay like i have guys who film these for mm -hmm. me and they're better at setting up the camera than me right i know that and i accept that it's like if you are the star if you're the good looking person that gets in front mm -hmm. of the camera it's this kind of like a level of just being super egotistical to really believe that you are necessarily the only person that has something valuable to offer on any given song. Like in reality, especially if you're new, you should be more than happy to get help from other people, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people gotta realize that yes, there's the artist, but behind the artist is a huge team, a huge team. Mm. Like it's not realistic that you're gonna always do everything by yourself, you know? Mm. Like you gotta, Climb with your team. Mm. There's a manager. There's a. There might be a songwriter. There might be an A and R. There might be um, PR. Like all these people that push on socials and all that. But you know, hey, like people are gonna educate themselves with what they want to educate themselves with. So definitely. A lot of the fans, they they kind of accept a version of reality that they want to mm -hmm. accept. Yeah. Where it's like. A lot of the time. They don't, they're not going to look for information not they don't want to know. Not even just fans, just everyone, really. Right. It's all about perspective, hey. That's a fact. <laughs> so how did this situation uh, pop up with Juicy J and Meg The Stallion? Uh, yeah, that, uh, that situation was really unfortunate. You know, I kind of just came into there 
really excited about like the first placement and everything. You know, I have huge respect for Megan Thee Stallion. I think she's really dope. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think so is this just a song that you? wrote in a separate recording or a separate writing session that didn't have Juicy or Meg involved? Uh, no, Juicy J was there. Oh, okay. So the you... session was separate. So me and Megan were never in the same studio. Okay. We were, I've never met her in person before. Nothing like that. Okay. Um, and I mean, long story short, I was in a studio session and I was playing my music and someone happened to leave the door open to the studio session. And Juicy's manager came in, hey, like, I'm Juicy's manager, big fan, love your stuff, hearing it. And they invited me to another session the next day. And then I went in there, they played me a bunch of beats. I picked out the beats that I loved. I did some writing on it, melodies on it, and then boom, and that, the album. And in a situation like that, are you getting paid X amount per hour to be in that situation, or are you getting paid like you'll have a writing credit or you'll no, make a percentage? Honestly, like I was just going in there, just really humble. Like, you know, Juicy J's a legend. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash him because, hey, it's the industry. The industry is the industry and business is business. But I definitely was going in there very like bright eyed and like really excited to work with him. I mean, hey, someone comes into the session and says, hey, Juicy J wants to work with you. I'm right. like, Yes, like, yeah. come on, like, let's go, let's Cash. get something crazy, you yeah. know? So um, I wasn't mad that any of that stuff happened. I just hate that how it was portrayed on social media because mm. it just made me look like, oh, she's a liar, you know? And like someone transitioning from Vine into an artist and feeling like I have to work a thousand times harder just compared to somebody who may be signed to a label mm -hmm. or like has that huge distributing company that they put all their music through. When I like publish myself and distribute everything myself, I'm just like, damn, like it didn't have to go like that. But so like, how did you find out that that song was going to have Meg on it? It just came out and you were just like, holy I got shit. I a text message from Juicy's manager saying, let me get your BMI information. Uh -huh. We want to make sure you're good on that record. And, you know, Megan heard it. She loves it. And she wants to do something. So with you it. knew it was going to come out for a while before it actually dropped. But when I got that text message, when I went to socials, the track list was already out a week before. So the writers that were on that record have already put it out on their socials. She put it out on her social. Juicy put it on her social. So I was the last one to find out. So the other writers had already said stuff publicly about the fact Correct. that they were involved. See, that's the interesting Correct. thing is Post that still up. nowadays, people who write stuff, it feels like they're sort of looking at it like, oh, everybody knows that there's writers, so who gives a fuck? I'll just shout it out. I'll say something about it. Whereas right. the old style, if you helped Tracy J write a song in 2010, never mind 2000, it was like super strict. You never said anything about it. Now it feels yeah. like it's a little bit more open, so people feel a little more comfortable saying yeah, something Yeah, and it. I think just by me looking at the track list when they were up on socials, it was just like, oh, shoot, like, you know, I was a part of that record too, so... Everybody else posted about it. Let right. me like post about it too, especially if I'm a week late, you know? Mm. So I really was just posting it to just support. And especially because she's another woman in the industry, I'm like, what? That's a given, you know? So. And you were probably looking at it too. I mean, like everybody fucks with Meg. Like she just seems like such a nice person and everybody yeah, I, I likes still, her to music. This day, I think she's super dope. Everybody likes had... the storyline of like, wow, she really came from nothing. She's like a good rapper. She's talented, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
So it's kind of like from your perspective, like you're just happy to be a part of it. But do you think that you fucked up at all when you, in your Instagram post about it, you said like, go drop these emojis on the post of the thing or whatever? Because I felt like that was the thing that she... Like a call to action? Well, did you tell your fans like, go comment this? No. No. Okay. I never told my fans to do anything. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that got lost in translation. But so how did Meg end up getting offended then? I think she had a natural reaction. No one told her that I was a part of it. Uh. Um, I think Juicy's camp told her, you know, this is a reference track. You know, we had this girl, we called her up, we had her come in, mm. and she just said the lyrics of Juicy J's on this track, and we want you to take it. So she was under the impression that Juicy wrote it, mm. like that Juicy wrote the hook and, you know, all that. So I think she had 100%, she had all the right to naturally act like that okay. with the things that were being said to her. Now, obviously, I guess if I came to her and I said, hey, I'm a part of this, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm a part. Like, right. it was just a little weird because we didn't, we've never met each other before. But I just figured that, I guess, you know, Juicy's camp would let her know. I mean, they asked for my BMI information. So it was like, it was a weird situation. But so but, the whole time you never were, were saying that you wrote Megan's verse, no. which is that, Hell no. but do you feel like Hell that's no. kind of the idea Everybody that she knows. was objecting to? I'm sorry. I, if, it kind of felt like that was what she wanted to make perfectly clear when she posted about her story is like, nobody wrote my right. verse. Everybody seems okay with the idea that there could be an existing hook when you go to do a verse on a song right. I and mean, you repeat the hook and that's just how it goes. But honestly, like when I wrote my caption, I really was just taking half of it as a template from the other songwriters that say something like grateful to be a part. I've never really seen a post on a songwriter's page that says grateful to be a part of a record. I wrote the verse Mm. and I wrote this, that, and the third. Like sometimes they never really specify it. So, I mean, I just said, you know, grateful to be a part of the record. And I think that's when social media kind of assumed that, oh, you wrote the whole thing? You wrote Mm. the verse? And I never, and even after when uh, she came out and said, you know, I write all my own stuff. I was like, yeah, I never said that I wrote the verse. When you look back at that, though, do you think that you might have too much clout to have been commenting on it? Is that what you um, realized in the situation? Because most of those other writers are not famous at all, right? I realized that, but you got to understand also, I'm like super new to like this whole songwriting for other people. I didn't, I was under the impression that the record was actually going to go to me. Uh. So when I was in there, I'm, I'm creating ideas like as if, okay, I'm writing like, all right, it's a collaborative between Wolf Tyler and Juicy J. But they came to me and said, hey, uh, we're going to give this to someone else. And I wasn't a jerk about it. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Mm. Like, I love her, you know? So she's dope. So I don't know. It's just a really unfortunate situation. But I feel like it's cool now. But it's interesting, though, because it's like, even though it seems to me like you're kind of in the right. Like, I feel like she overreacted. No, I don't think she overreacted. You don't think? I don't think she overreacted for someone who was telling her that. Right. You, know? you can understand how she to took you it. And they lie to you. You're going to take that lie that they tell you and react right. in a natural way. Now, if she actually knew what happened, I'm sure she would have reacted differently because she, too, is also about women empowerment, you know? Mm-hmm. So. But do you feel like um 
in her situation though like that you know it, it's kind of like do you feel like you didn't have a fair shot in terms of how the public viewed this because of the fact that she's so beloved and so famous that it's kind of like you're the underdog in this fight and it's just going to be tough for people to even people yeah, are just going to run I mean, with a different version of it i definitely i mean it's really obvious i definitely feel like i'm i guess the weaker link in this situation or people kind of look at me as like oh you're not as big as her or you're not as you know whatever well, it's tough but to I beef with somebody that's that beloved you know i don't even think it's beef not though. Beef, it's but just like have any kind of it's a misunderstanding with. um but you know i'm not out here to compete with mm -hmm. megan i'm not out here to compete with any woman at all so it's like i think things will get hashed out when they do and you know things are always on time so maybe that was supposed to happen at that moment you know mm -hmm. maybe there will be a collaboration in the future maybe there will be something that would correct that situation or make that situation not even anything at all who mm -hmm. knows so it's kind of weird though do you feel like the fans are the ones like hyping up any sort of thing like that like the, the any little thing that you or her might say that the fans end up amplifying it like crazy um i think i don't think her fans or my fans are really even talking about it anymore oh so you didn't have like the meg army coming for you or anything well when it first came out yes okay. i definitely had the hot girls coming for me oh that's what they're like, called it's I not the beehive yeah. it's the hot girls okay i think it's the hot girls yeah i'm a hot girl they were <laughs> They were definitely coming at me because, I mean, hey, you know, you're going to defend who you love, who you support, who you, whose music you love. Mm. And I totally get that, too. So I don't have any hate towards the hot girls either. Um, but we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no. OK. Nobody else in the room. <laughs> but Yeah. It's just it just is what it is. Hey, it was, that was your first like actual hip hop beef. We're not going to call it a beef, but tension. Yeah. For sure. And I'm just like, let's not have that happen ever again. Really? Um, You're not about the friction? Because a lot of people would be happy with it. They'd not, be like, wow, like that was that was good for my career. No, like I really don't like going on social media and having to do the, mm. here's the receipts, here's the <laughs> screenshots. And I had to do that because it was like, oh my gosh, like I hated doing that, but I had to because it was just of that magnitude and i think after i put those screenshots up unfortunately like everything died down everyone was like oh that's but, always weird when people are super mad and then you post one little thing and everybody's just like oh never mind yeah. and they just sort of like retreat give up yeah i never really like to talk about like social media drama and stuff but right well I, hey, we got it out there I had to just, I had to do it <laughs> so more about you what's your day-to-day uh, -day life like talk to us about the the, the vibes my day-to-day -day life, uh, if I'm not in the studio, I'm probably with my family. If I'm not with my family or in the studio, I'm probably playing Apex Legends on PS4. That's your game, wow. I love that game. Really? So yeah. you don't play Fortnite? No. You just skip that completely, or you just think Apex Legends is way better? I just like Apex Legends better. Right. People have been trying to get me into Call of Duty, but I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an Apex. You're just sticking to the franchise. That's good to know. Yeah. I love Apex. I'm like literally the other day I was playing it till eleven in the morning. Really? Off bourbon. Wow. Off bourbon. She Off said. bourbon. <laughs> Do you find that your skills are better as you as yes. you drink? Really? Pers I personally think so, yeah. Are you like a more risk taking player? You're like more in the zone? Yeah, I think it suits my anxiety maybe. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I always wonder how my uh gaming skills are affected by the weed. <laughs> but normally like you can't play poker and smoke weed. Like I can't. Like being in a casino I, smoking. I've actually never played poker before. You're getting into it. I swear it's coming back. Um, okay, but bourbon, that's your drink of choice? Hell no. No. 
Just that was to be just around. The, that was just the, that was just the option, right? Just at that moment. But I think my drink of choice, Jaeger. 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 Wow. So you're like pretty hardcore. You're not like one of these girls out here drinking like tequila and lime. Jaeger, Ciroc, Annie. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like nine times out of ten, girls want tequila, maybe vodka. Oh, these days. tequila is right. dangerous. It, but yes, it is. With the shits. And You're not uh, new to this. I'm a rose girl too. Really? Moscato. You know what? I like a lot of alcohols. <laughs> now that I think of it. So you don't smoke, but you drink? I do both. Oh, you sometimes. Drink, you smoke as well. Yeah. In what what form? You're a, ba- a backwood girl? Uh Swisher girl? Backwood, papers, swishers. Anything. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. For but I, I like papers the most, though. Me too. I like out of a bowl. Not put tobacco in it, though, so it stinks. Yeah. Filthy. People get really offended by that smell. I think it's the first time I ever admit that I smoke weed. Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's a big big admission. Like, sometimes you have people on here and you realize, like, oh, shit. They, I smoke weed. But some, some people <laughs> have to lie about it. Like, Stevie Williams is, like, a pro skater. And the I other think day, I'm grown now, you know? He was talking about how he used to have to lie because it was one of his sponsors. Mm-hmm. The weed thing. And I'm like, damn, you were lying? Like, who the fuck would believe that you didn't smoke weed? Like, I know you smoke weed. Who the fuck is, is falling for it? Well, what I can definitely say is that I think I started smoking a lot more weed once I moved out to L.A. Oh, everyone. It's like so much, even though it's easy to get in New York or wherever, it's so much easier here and everybody else is smoking. No, even as an artist too, it's like these these weed companies, they're just like, here, here, here. I'm like, what? But yeah, because any like even the, like you know the the smaller they are, the thirstier they are when it comes to the little weed companies, and they just fucking want to pull up. Be careful. Oh yeah, they could be pesticide yeah. weed. Yeah, be careful. You got hit with that before? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I don't. I don't know if I ever got served bad weed. I had a girl tell me she had to go to rehab one time because she did weed and it was laced with heroin. Oh, and God I'm like, bless. that's. A, I think you might have made that up, but also that's horrible if that's true. That's horrible. I hope she's okay. I just don't know if I believe it. It just sounds kind of made up. But I guess that probably is possible. It could be. Definitely. Um, so where are you at in terms of where you're, where you're planning on going with your career? Now? Are you signed? I'm not signed. Oh, okay. So you're, choice. you're fielding the offers, though, for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just released Altenade. Last year in like August, we just came out with Candy. I co-produced it with Timberland. Wow. And that just released. That was my first holiday release. And really, I've just been releasing some singles, releasing some visuals with it. And now we're getting ready to release an EP. Mm, There it is. But you don't feel like you need the label's powers to do this? Not really. I mean, what would I really need from the label, you know? I actually really enjoy just seeing my numbers organically mm. without the machines without the paid promos like all the radio spins and everything that's just all organic really i've never paid like anyone on radio to be like hey can you can you play my stuff mm. i mean maybe it'll get there for sure um but how do you how when you walk out of those label me- meetings what do you feel like they're missing in terms of what they could bring to the table or you feel like you just are capable of like navigating this part of your career by yourself i don't think it's necessarily what they're missing it's more so does it make sense for me mm. you know um yes as an independent artist my journey is taking a little bit longer you know compared to maybe someone who has 
this huge bank behind them, mm. and I might be taking my bank from you know the same one that I get groceries with, but <laughs> it's just about patience. You know, I feel like I know exactly where I'm going. I see what's happening. I see the reaction from the music, and I don't feel like I need to get someone involved that may not, you know, help that or may not have that same passion that I do. You know, you sign to a label, you get shelved, and then what? Yeah, because they might be passionate for a while, but who knows when that Right, runs and up. you know, every single time that you walk into a label, like, they're going to always have that first... Uh, What's that thing called in the beginning of the relationship where you guys are like lying to each other for like the first three months? <laughs> lying to each other? I don't know, but there's definitely that like the, the time puppy period, phase, where, the, pa- the, the puppy puppies, love phase, yeah. where it's like so intense. Wait, but yes. isn't puppy love just like your first love? You're like 16, falling I in love, and it feels know. so amazing. But those labels, man, they have that puppy love in the beginning, right? And then you know who knows after you sign those paperwork, they're like. Yeah, once you've done enough label meetings and you sort of start to realize, like, oh, these motherfuckers will literally tell me anything. Right. But don't (laughs) get me wrong. There's some labels. There's some, like, Mm. wholesome A&Rs. And there's really, like, some wholesome people at labels that really actually do believe in artists. And Mm. I think it's just about finding those people and weeding out, you know, who those people are. And then, you know, if you want to sign... Go to label. The fucked up thing, though, is that if you sign to a label because you like the people at that label, those people typically, like, aren't working there six months later. That is true. Like, I remember when when 21 Savage was like, yeah, I signed to this label because L.A. Reid is the president and he's black and and I fuck with him. And then he's gone, like, six months later. And I'm like... businesses are like a revolving door. Yeah. It's just like, you, you feel like... Because, you know, like, No Jumper, like, I'm going to be the guy from No Jumper for forever. Well, the guy at Atlantic or the guy at Def Jam is not going to be the guy at Atlantic or the guy at Def Jam for... Forever. Maybe for a couple of years. Right. Maybe for as long as you're dealing with them, but definitely not in the long run. Right, yeah. I think I just want to make sure that I'm solidified with my team and my music and everything that I want to do. Just I just want to have a complete blueprint and just check off everything off my vision board before I start looking into labels and getting a bunch of people involved, let alone a freaking building of mm, people. So definitely what, um, talk to me about your fan base. What are these young ladies that are obsessed with you? Like, how do you like, what do they want from you? And how do you feel about your relationship that you have with them? Loyal. Mm. Oh my God. Like, me talking about my fans, my supporters, I could literally cry because they've been with me since seventh, eighth grade. Wow. I don't even know how old I was then, but they've been with me through the days where I've been writing poetry on Tumblr and it's still there. They've been with me through the blurry Instagram pictures <laughs> and just everything from Vine to TikTok to all these social media platforms to when I started doing little performances um, like in Atlanta when I was doing Vine meetups, when I was doing meet and greets, when we went to the Florida mall and shut that entire mall down. Wow. That it had to be escorted by police. You, you caused a, a flash riot in the mall or whatever? Yes. Flash the Florida mob? mall. Really? Yeah. And I think it was like 2016, 2015. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's official. Yeah, but, you know, those are the... My fans are pretty much, like, the only thing that I got other than my family. Like, I really consider them family, and it's really dope that they can give me constructive criticism while also giving me love and always checking in. It's like 
I'm like a strong friend for them. Mm. They're like a strong friend for me, and like we check in on each other, so it's really dope. Like, but is, some... does it ever get too real? Like you got the the fan that is like reaching out to you, and like they're you know being supportive and stuff, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden one day they want you to like coach them through not killing themselves or something, and it's like holy shit, like maybe yeah, I shouldn't I open mean, this DM. Yeah, but I feel like being an entertainer or just being an artist or even just somebody with a platform it does come with a responsibility mm. i know like a lot of people sometimes strand away and say like like i never even asked for this i never wanted this and but you gotta at some point kind of check yourself and say you know god gave you this gift you know to have this platform to have this voice to have so many people that admire you or love you or even hate you and it doesn't even matter what those things are because at the end of the day you're still making people feel some mm. way and and i think that's really what it's just all about just always you don't always have to make yourself available but everybody just wants somebody to hear them you know mm. and care so it's like if i do have that you know quick five minutes from going from hair to makeup to the stage that if I can stop and read a DM and just talk to somebody about, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm. Like, you're going to see another day. Things are going to clear up. The clouds are going to go away. The sun's going to come out. Then take the time to say that, you know, you never know. Like, that person could be in their room doing something that's, like, really dark. Mm. It might save them. You just never know. That's so. real. That's very, very real. Um, how I know this is the most basic-ass question ever, but... How did the name come together? Wolf Tyler. Well, my real name is Tyler, T-Y-L-A. Oh. And then the wolf just squished in front of it is, it stands for like, we only love family. Oh. And wolf spiritually is just, you care about the people that are around you, your family, it's a pack, you're loyal, but then also has a flip side where you can also be perfectly capable with just being alone, like mm. a lone wolf, so. Damn. Wolf Tyler. There's a lot of good wolf shit. And you'll in never catch a wolf culture. in a circus, baby. Really? Oh, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. There's all kinds of lions and elephants and shit. Those are pretty scary too though. No. Um, but are there any like wolf based pop culture references? Like I immediately think of like Hungry by the Wolf. Hungry like a wolf. The wolf. God damn it. I should talk about that before I said it. <laughs> Is that... Somebody get him a blunt. Yeah, no, for real. That's actually I haven't smoked all day. That might be a problem. And I'm back on the diet. I ate shit eating? all weekend. Chicken and rice and eggs. That's your diet? I mean, damn Chicken, yeah. rice, and eggs? Vegetables and protein shakes. Okay. Go crazy. It's not easy. But It's not. You know, I eat wolf. What? No. But, I mean, <laughs> could you, you can imagine. Um, how, how do we get there? The, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The no weed thing definitely is affecting me right now. It's like starting to hit that point in the day where it's like, oh, yeah, you should definitely get high. Or like a smoothie, right? A weed smoothie? No, like a weed, like a blunt oh. and a smoothie. A smoothie would actually be pretty good, too. I'm on my third cup of coffee for the day, so oh God. I'm kind of worried <laughs> about myself. I don't know. That's my thing about the smoothies. Whenever I'm in the mood to get a smoothie, I'm also in the mood to get a coffee. And I just don't Coffee's feel right crack. about walking around with these one really hot and one really cold beverage at the same time. It makes me feel weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a little much. Yeah, that's a You're lot. You're doing too much. Yeah, way too much. Um. Okay, so the EP is gonna come out 2020. Yep, before the end of 2020. New Hopefully music videos the, in the works. Oh, for sure. Mm. I'm trying to re release every single single with a music video. The budget just needs to be there. So, 
Mm. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Is it hard to take a step back when you like do a expensive video? Is it hard to go back what? to the cheap ass video? The candy video stressed me out. Stressed me out. Stressed my manager out. Everything. Just now, getting the visual, it done because it's vi- such a big pr- production. Because everybody has to get paid. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I can say, a lot of people for candy did it pro bono, as in for free. That's dope. And I feel like that shows me too. Like wow, like you really rock with me because mm. you're here taking you know twelve hours of your day to be on set. To move stuff around manually for somebody that, you know, you don't ever have to do that for. So mm. I was really grateful. But that candy video, man, that was expensive. Oh, my God. But I think it also taught me, know what you can do, know what you can't do. And if you can't do it, just wait because it'll eventually you'll be able to. So mm. that budget was wild. Oh, my God. Traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. I have PTSD. Really? <laughs> Does it like, but does it put too much pressure on it? Like when you put so much money into a video and then maybe the video does similar number of views or it doesn't like explode the way that you fucking wanted it to, does that kind of hurt? Cause you were like, damn it. Like I, I, I put so much into this. I mean, I'm never out here doing anything for validation. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm happy with my work, then I'm happy with it. Like regardless of what the comments look like, regardless of thumbs down or whatever, like. If I love it, I love it. I mean, it was my first record I've ever co-produced. And on top of that, I co-produced it with Timberland. So it's like, what? And then I had a choreography. I had a whole dance number. Like, it was great. We had freaking seven-foot candy white letters in the back. Like, it was great. That's hard. I loved it. And I think a lot of the fans loved it, too, from what I can see. So I'm, they're happy. I'm happy. We're good. I'll be broke for however long for y'all. So <laughs> hey, you, you got to do those things, though. You got to do things that are like not immediately profitable, but will let everybody know how serious you are. Exactly. If you believe in yourself, even if you drop a bunch of bags and, you know, you can't eat for like, who knows, the next week, as long as you believe in yourself. I think this season for sure, that release, yes, it did put me in an uncomfortable position. But what I can say is that it made me realize that I really believe in myself mm. because no one's just going to do that, you know? So definitely I was happy. I respect it. Really sucked. Anybody you want to uh, shout out? Make sure you go follow Adam 22. Wow. All right. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to get that today. No, shout out to Jumper, man. <laughs> I thought you were about to shout out like, Lou. I, I was like, wait, are you shouting out Lou right now? The guy's pressing the buttons on the camera. No, shout out. No jumper. Shout out my team. Shout out family, shout out God, shout out my wolves, shout out everybody to work with me in the future, everybody who has worked with me, and let's see where this journey goes, you know? Fire. I respect it. Wolf Tyler. Thanks for having me. Very, very nice to meet you. You too. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe, and nojumper.com. You know you want a Kandama. Appreciate y'all.